All right, and welcome to another episode of Life Insurance HQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Miracle. Welcome to today's episode. We're going to be discussing how much life insurance do you need? This is a common question that comes up with a lot of the people we work with is nailing down exactly how much coverage is needed specifically for family protection. So take a scenario where you're a young couple or family or or even have been married for a number of years and one or both spouses are still working. How much coverage do you really need? And so before we start talking about and identifying a product or policy that would be beneficial to provide that family protection, we really need to determine how much protection is needed first. And then once we're able to do that, we can determine what type of product or products make the most sense to ensure the amount of needed coverage. So for for today's episode, we're going to spend some time discussing this, how you can determine that, easy ways to do that. As always, you can visit our website at miracleco.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-L-E-C-O.com to get more information. More specifically, we've added a resources section recently that includes a life insurance needs analysis calculator. So if you're interested in getting more information for your personal situation, you can go there, check the resources section and go to the life insurance calculator. So let's get started with this. There's one very simple way that many people can determine their need for coverage. It's one that is widely accepted within the industry and used for a lot of people. And it's probably the simplest way to determine how much life insurance coverage you need. That is, you just take your annual income and you multiply it by 10. It's very simple. So if you make $100,000, you multiply it by 10, that's a million dollars of coverage. What that doesn't take into account is any expenses that you may have, any outstanding debt, college education funding, emergency funds, et cetera, et cetera. And so in order to do that, you can take a more comprehensive approach, which I prefer, which will nail down in a, a pretty much an exact dollar amount of how much coverage you might need. So let's start with this. The first question that we like to ask is how much annual income would you like to provide your family or your spouse if something were to happen to you? It may be your current income. It may be something less than your current income. You may be making $500,000 a year, but your annual cost of living um, is is only $150,000. So you may say, I only need $150,000. I don't need to cover the $500,000. You know, let's go with that number. You may be living above, you may have more expenses and living uh, above your means. So you may be making $100,000, but maybe it's costing you $120,000 and you're incurring debt. Now, with our calculator, when we when we look at this, we're not, we're not at a point where we're taking into account the debt, the children's education. We're just talking about the annual income that you would like to replace if something were to happen to you. And what we do with this number is we, we build in a factor and suggest you use perhaps 70% of your gross income because your your gross income is the total amount you earn. Your net income is going to be what you take home at the end of the day after you've paid taxes. 
Now, what makes life insurance death benefits unique is the death benefit is income tax-free to the beneficiary. So we don't need to replace our gross income in most cases. We need to replace our net income. So when we start with that, let's just assume we have an annual income of 100000 or we need, I'm sorry, we, we want to replace $100,000 of annual income. The next question is for how many years do we need to replace that income? Now, if our plan is to work until age 65 and we're 40 years old, then we need 25 years. We're going to require that income for 25 years. And so ask yourself that question, for how many years am I going to have to replace that income? If you're 30, it might be 35 years. If you're 55, it might be 10 years. You may be in a position where you're not going to need any more income beginning at age 55. So ask yourself, how many years do I need to replace my annual income? And so for purposes of today's conversation, we're just going to assume we're going to need to replace 100,000 of income over 25 years. Now, listen, nothing's exact here. When we're running this analysis, we're talking about today. We're not asking the question, well, in 10 years, I might be making this much money. I might be making more. We may be in a bigger house. We can address that at that time. At this time, in the present time, we're going to look at what our needs are today. To do a more comprehensive analysis, we would recommend taking that offline, scheduling a call with us, and we'd be happy to do all the modeling and analysis that you need based on changes you know, predicted changes in the future. Some of those may include an inheritance down the road. Uh, unfortunately, many of us don't know when that might be. Some of us do, but generally speaking, we don't know when, when that might happen. So let's just deal with the present today. So, so the first step is we're going to, we, we, we'd like to replace $100,000 of annual income. The second step is uh, we need to replace that annual income for 25 years. The second question is, if something were to happen to me, how much debt would I like to pay off immediately? And so this is really a question that only you can answer. Would you like to pay off the home mortgage? Would you like to pay off outstanding credit card debt? Would you like to pay off student loans? We're not taking into account yet any children or anything like that. We're just looking at how much debt would you like to pay off immediately? You may say zero. You may say, hey, my annual income is servicing all that. What I put in line one will take care of the mortgage, will take care of paying down the debt. And that's that's completely up to you. This is your plan. This is the amount of death benefit you need. For purposes of today's podcast, I'm going to say, you know what? I want to pay off 500,000 of debt. I want to pay off the home mortgage. I don't want my spouse to worry about that. I don't want them to have to deal with that. Property taxes are high enough. Let's just give them a clean, no debt beginning without me. Because again, if something were to happen to me, there also there's, there's going to be a grieving period, or at least hopefully there is, right? And, and we don't know how long that might be. And are your children, is your spouse are they going to be able to just start 
you know, dealing with the family finances the next day? Are they going to, or are they going to worry about how are they going to pay for groceries? And so knowing that this life insurance is in place, that they're going to get a lump sum of money in a relative short period of time as it relates to someone's passing can provide both financial, but also emotional peace of mind to get them back to as normal of a lifestyle as they can have once something has happened to us. So again, the variables I'm using, we're replacing 100,000 of income for 25 years, and we want to pay off 500,000 of debt. Now, the next, the next question is, do we have kids? If we don't, then it's pretty simple. We don't have to worry about college funding. Do we have kids? And if we do, do we want to make sure that the cost of their college tuition, room and board is paid for at and when they are ready to go to college? And again, this is only a question that you can answer. These are all questions that only you can answer. How much income do I want to replace? How much debt do I want to pay off? Do I want to make sure college is funded for my children? In my situation, I'm going to say yes. I have, uh, let's just say I have two kids, okay? And let's say my children are eight and six, okay? So we know my eight-year-old has 10 years until college. We know my six-year-old has 12 years from college. Now, the questions I have to answer is what type of college education am I interested in making sure is taken care of for my eight-year-old and my six-year-old? So what we've done is we've broken it down into five different um, scenarios. So the first one is a two-year public school, two years of private school. So maybe they've gone to community college for a couple of years. They only are going to require a two-year education at a university or a college. Um, The other three scenarios are four-year options. They include public uh, universities in-state, public universities out-of-state, and private universities. It doesn't matter the state. So, but based on those factors, it's going to uh, cost a different amount based on what path our children decide to take or what path we decide to fund for our children. And so we get information, we use information uh, from from a well-known website uh, that shows that the cost today for room and board for one year for a four-year private institution is around $42,224. For a two-year public university, it's around $15,286. And so depending again on what your goals are and what you wanna fund for your child, then you're going to check choose the option that is best for you. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say, hey, Let's make sure if they want to, they'll get a four-year private education. If they don't, that's initial additional um, assets for my spouse, or maybe it creates a surplus so that we they can then go on to get an MBA or a law degree or a medical degree. And then I'm just going to simply say, hey, how many more years until they go to college? Well, my eight-year-old has 10 more years, and my six-year-old has 12 more years. And so what the calculator is going to do with this information is it's going to apply an inflation factor. Uh, We use a 5% inflation factor. That's about the average um, increase in the cost of college 
uh, from year to year. And so we've already built that in to include that. And then obviously we're going to take that number and we're going to multiply it by four. So the next, the next thing we want to talk about is, you know, how much of an emergency fund do we want to have available for our family if something were to happen to us? Maybe the bank accounts don't have a lot of money in them and it'd be nice to have some padding. It'd be nice to have, hey, if I need $50,000 for plumbing repairs, to replace the air conditioner, to do something to the house that's happened to it, I want to know that my spouse and my family are going to have access to funds that they may need that they didn't think they would have to use. And so whatever that number is for you, that's your emergency fund number. Again, it could be zero. It doesn't matter to me. This is your analysis. This is what you want to do in your heart to provide for your family if something happens to you. And that's the reality. These are all your choices. Whatever you want to do, however benevolent you want to be, is up to you. And so I'm going to simply put in a, a $100,000 emergency fund. May seem like a lot, but listen, uh, when there's an emergency that happens, you're going to need it. Maybe your spouse works. Maybe they get laid off. Maybe they can't find a job for a number of months. And the household depends on that income, even though you're gone and we've provided them a tremendous benefit in, in the form of a, a life insurance proceeds, they may still need to work to, to support the household. What if they get laid off? What if they can't find a job? So I'm going to put $100,000 in. That's going to be a one-time type of scenario. Then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at what assets do you have? Okay. And the idea behind this is we've accumulated assets over our lifetime. Hopefully we have either in the form of after-tax assets, which would be your checking or your savings account, maybe your stock portfolio, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then we're going to look at your qualified assets. So what are our qualified assets? These are things like your 401ks and your IRAs, et cetera, et cetera. Typically they're assets that we've made contributions on a pre-tax basis that we've recognized a deduction for on our current income taxes. And so we need to look at what assets do you have because those are assets that are going to be available to your spouse and your family, whether or not, whether you're here or not. Now, there are some things, you know, your, your IRA, there are certain restrictions or penalties that can be imposed if you don't attain a certain age so that certainly comes into consideration, but overall, those are assets that are going to be available to be used over their lifetime. So the other, the other part of the conversation that I like to have when we talk about existing assets is over time, today we may have, let's, let's just start with our uh, non-qualified liquid assets. And, and in our calculator, we assume that there's not going to be any taxation on those assets as they go to a spouse. If they are, then you know, increase it uh, by a percentage. If it's a capital gain, call it 25%, increase the value by 25% to net what you would. So let's say we've got $150,000 and uh, let's just assume it's non-taxable. It's a checking account. It earns right now in today's time, 
0.05%. So there's not much taxes there. So we're going to assume we have $150,000 in non-qualified assets. We're going to assume we have 200,000 in qualified assets. Again, these are going to be your 401ks, et cetera. And in our calculator, we're going to assume that they're going to be taxed at 30%. So we're taking that into account when deciding what the total death benefit need is for our individual. Now, here's the other thing that's interesting and worth pointing out. My, the amount of coverage I need today is not going to be the same as it will be 10 years from now. And the reason for this is, let's say I've owned a home for 10 years and I've got a $500,000 mortgage. Well, in 10 years, I may only have a $400,000 mortgage. In 10 years, I will have contributed more money to my 401k. In 10 years, my non-qualified assets may have grown by $100,000. And so my need over time in that scenario actually goes down and gets reduced. And so that's not as much of a challenge when it comes to figuring out what our need is today. It comes into consideration more when we're deciding what type of coverage to use to cover the need today and over time. And we're going to get into that into our next podcast where we're going to talk about laddering life insurance, okay? But today, we're just going to focus on what the death benefit amount is that we need today. And so, again, let's review the factors or, or variables that, that we've used today. We'd like to replace 100000 of income. We'd like to replace it for 25 years. We'd like to pay off $500,000 of debt if we pass away. We'd like to send both of our children, our eight and our six-year-old, to private universities 10 and 12 years from now. We'd like to have an emergency fund available of $100,000. We've got $150,000 of after-tax assets. We've got $200,000 of qualified assets, which again is our IRAs, our 401ks, et cetera. And then the last question is, how much personal life insurance do we have? Now, in this field, I don't want you to include any group life insurance that you may get through your employer, because if you change employment, that may go away. They may change the plan. The cost of the plan may go up and you may say, hey, I don't want it. Generally speaking, if you're paying for group coverage or you have guaranteed issued coverage, it's going to be more expensive than fully underwritten coverage. So we may be able to get a policy that's less expensive than any group or guaranteed issue coverage that, that you might have. Again, assuming you're insurable, okay? And that's a different conversation for a different podcast. But the question is, how much life insurance do you have? Do you have a $50,000 policy that your parents got you when you were a kid? Put it in there. Do you have a million-dollar term insurance policy? Put it in there. That's going to determine what our need is into in addition to what we may already have. So by putting any amount of personal insurance that you own is going to reduce the need today by the amount of coverage you already have. Now, you may hit the submit button and realize that you already have more coverage than you need. Good for you. You've done the responsible thing. You've done the right thing. Most people haven't, okay? 
So per, for purposes of how much personal life insurance do I currently have, I'm just going to say zero. If you're here, if you're checking this out, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably likely that you don't have insurance. It's probably likely that you don't have enough insurance. And so this tool can be a great way for you to just check or confirm and give yourself the peace of mind of whether or not you have the right amount and whether or not your family is going to be taken care of if something were to happen to you. So let's 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 look at what the report says. So again, $100,000 for 25 years, 500,000 debt that we want to replace, two kids in college, $100,000 emergency fund, 150,000 of non-qualified assets, $200,000 in a 401k and zero personal life insurance. These are the only variables that we're going to use for purposes of this analysis to determine how much coverage is needed. And so once we fill in all that information, we're able to see, and one of the things we do is we add $20,000 for burial costs. So it's going to cost money to get you in the ground, whether it's the morgue, whether it's the mortuary, all that. So we've included a 20,000 burial cost. We don't really give you a choice on that. Um, it could be more, it could be less. There, there are situations where you may be subject, You there may be a probate uh, uh, there may be a problem with probate at your death, which is going to cost more than $20,000. But for purposes of this analysis, again, this is a pretty simple analysis. If you want to get more comprehensive, we can. Um, but we, we built this tool just with, with ease in mind to give people peace of mind. So again, we've included a $20,000 burial cost. So we've got all these variables that we've put in based on our unique situation. Okay, and it is truly unique to you and what you want to do for your family. So when we when we create the output, we're able to see that the total need for life insurance coverage based on the factors that we put in to the calculator is three million two hundred forty nine thousand five hundred and forty dollars. Pretty specific number. Right. But again, it's unique to you. Now, does that mean we buy three million two hundred forty nine thousand five hundred thirty nine dollars of coverage? No, I would probably round it up to $3,250,000 or go down to $3 million or three and a half million or up to three and a half million. The reality is at this point, we don't know what it costs. Okay. All we know is my need. If something were to happen to me, the value of me to my family is $3,250,000 today. And that's the number that I need to start with to figure out how to provide that to my family. That may be in the form, more than likely, it's going to be in the form of term insurance. How much term insurance, how many, you know, is it one term insurance policy? Is it two? Is it three? Again, that's going to be our discussion in next week's podcast where we talk about insuring this $3.25 million need. And, and, and hopefully what you'll see is it's not adversely costly. That's interesting. Adversely costly. It's not, it doesn't cost as much as you think it does to provide your family with $3,250,000 of life insurance death benefit. And so, again, this calculator is available to you through miracleco.com. Through the resources section, you can go to the life insurance calculator. It's M E R I C L E C O.com. And you can use this tool 
without having to opt in, you can get this information on your own on the screen. Now, if you decide, you can go to the end of the report and you can provide your first name and your email address, and it will send you an email with a PDF attachment that includes this report so that you can keep it for your records. If you want to go to another insurance advisor and say, hey, here's my needs, how do we fund this? Feel free to do it. If you'd like to give us the privilege of helping you, we, we, would, we would appreciate that and we will do everything we can for you. And so again, you can use this tool without giving us your information, doing anything like that, unless you want to receive the report. So we hope you enjoy this. Um, we hope you use it. We think it's a great way to determine how much life insurance you need, and we hope it's an easy way for you. And again, everybody's unique. If you want to get more comprehensive, we can, but please use this tool. I want to thank you for uh, joining us today on Life Insurance HQ, the podcast. We've enjoyed talking about this subject that creates a lot of question marks in a lot of people's minds. This is an easy way for you to identify how much life insurance you need. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We'll look forward to joining you again next week.